Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insights, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It's time for Silver and Black today. Yes, you're going to spend some time with two guys who really, really, really want you to subscribe to this podcast. That's right. Do us a favor if you don't already subscribe. We are an Odyssey original podcast covering the Raiders. You can do so wherever you get your audio. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you guys for being there. We love the YouTube crowd and the chat, which I am always involved in. Mo, I'm getting a lot of crap from people that you're not in there. And I keep trying to tell people with your duties that it's hard for you to jump in there because the show's on Tuesday, Thursdays. You have things going on those days where you can't always jump in the chat. But just understand that it would be like uh, you. It would be like, um, I don't know, Diddy or Kanye walking into a room if you came into the chat, that's that's how bad people want you in the chat. So, Come on, Scott. I'm I'm not in that high demand. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. You got your I'm, own merchandise. I mean, holy I'm just, moly. I'm just I'm just to do with good Wi-Fi in Brooklyn, New York. That's all I am. <laughs> all right. Well, he uh, Mo Moten, by the way, uh, besides being known by his his more lovable ter- his more lovable name, which is Midtown Mo. Uh, you can get the merchandise from our friends at DC4L Custom Tees. All of the merchandise sold there, including our Irish Canon, Aiden O'Connell, even though people tell me I hate Aiden O'Connell, even though we came up with a nickname and a t-shirt for him. Um, you can get there, and all the proceeds go to our good friends at Raiders Fan Radio and the One Nation Foundation, which uh, helped the Bolitnikoff Foundation, Raider Dad, and Josh Kamite out there in Las Vegas brings kids to games. So if you want to go buy a Midtown Mo shirt, or a hoodie like he's wearing on the show today. If you're watching us, you can do that. There it is. Look at that. Mm. Now, Mo, I don't think you're a tattoo guy, but would you get that tattooed on your arm maybe? Or are you not a tattoo guy? I'm not a big tattoo guy, but if I were to get a tattoo, (laughs) (laughs) I'd I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably like get it on my, like, in my upper 
a shoulder area, I guess you could say. Yeah, where even if you have a tank top on, necessarily people yeah. won't see it. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I've been told that I have I have good shoulders. Oh, I've been told that. There you go. A lot. So I. That's why I. I you gotta. You gotta emphasize the good parts of your of your of your appearance. You know, when you get a tattoo, don't get a tattoo. If you have skinny legs, don't get a tattoo on your bony chicken legs. You know, that's... get a tattoo where people look and go, okay, nice spot, nice body part. Get it there. So I'll get it in my shoulder. <laughs> Oh boy, we gotta be careful with talking about body parts now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and I'm not I'm not a tattoo guy either. I don't have anything against tattoos. I'm just not a tattoo guy. Like I've never gotten one. I almost got one in college on my ankle of Hey Reb, which is the UNLV mascot. So, uh, but I I relented. I stopped at the last minute. I was not inebriated enough to do that, and I'm glad I did because I don't think I would have wanted to do it. Uh, and I've not had the urge. But for all of you that get tattoos. Uh, I understand it's a passion, whatever. But anyway, so if you get a Midtown Mo uh, tattoo, I don't know what we'll to come up with something. Maybe we give them some award. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Anyway, uh, we're here to talk about Raiders football. Maybe he get. Maybe if it's a woman, she gets a date with Mo, and then you. I mean, Mo, you dating girls? She's got a Midtown Mo tattoo. I mean, that shows commitment. You know what's funny though? Even though I don't have any tattoos, I mm -hmm. find tattoos on women attractive. Not, you, you know, just no, no tattoos on the face. No offense yeah. to anybody who has tattoos, face no. tattoos. I, I just not my thing. All yeah. power to you, but yeah, you know, not, nothing wrong with tattoos. Okay, so, so listen, anybody out there, any listeners or okay. viewers on YouTube, uh, if you are a woman, if you date a woman or uh, um, married to a woman, please take pictures of their tattoos uh tag mo and snb today <laughs> oh my goodness and show us what you got especially if they're raiders tattoos you know or saint john's tattoos right I, yeah, that's your I, alma mater i'm not trying to collect the tattoos of, of wives of our <laughs> listeners that's not really my thing but you know all power to you that's what you want to do oh it reminds me of real quick side story and yes we will get into the raiders um, there was a, this was probably, oh my, it's probably about 10 years ago, eight years ago. Now there was on Twitter, there was an account, this guy in at the university of Kansas started a, a Twitter handle called KU boobs. I'm keeping it family friendly. I'm not, uh -oh. but that's, that was the, and it was the, these women, girls would send in pictures to this Twitter handle and they would post them on game day. And it was, uh, it was quite the viral sensation for a while. I'll just put it that way. Okay. Enough of <laughs> weird stuff. We're going to get into Raider football now. And Mo, obviously the story until it's not a story is going to be vacancies uh, with the Raiders. And that is at coach, head coach, and at GM. Let's talk about coaching interviews. There have been no reports of the Raiders talking to any head coaching candidates. Does not mean they haven't. It's just there's been no reports yet. Usually these things tend to get out, especially from agents who like to release that, hey, their guy is interviewing for a head coaching job. But that leaves the impression um, that the early reports that this is really a two-man race between if Jim Harbaugh, again, we don't know if Jim Harbaugh even wants to coach the Raiders, but between him and, of course, Antonio Pierce, who finished out the season strong for the Raiders at, at the interim level. Uh, but the the bigger news has been Raiders coaches in demand. Even though there's not news on the head coaching front, the current staff, as we expected, right? We talked about it last show. They're garnering interest from other teams. Carmen Bursillo, the offensive line coach, interviewed with the Giants for the same position. So we talked about it last time, remember, that coaches don't just leave for steps up. They will leave often for uh, um, lateral moves. Lateral moves. 
depending on the situation and the coach. Uh, secondarily, Patrick Graham interviewed with the LA Chargers as a head coach. But I also would say that just like the Raiders interviewed Tom Telesco, the former GM of the Chargers, to me, that's a little bit of gamesmanship. I'm not poo-pooing Patrick Graham as a candidate. I'm just saying it's in the division. I'm sure the Chargers are doing the same thing the Raiders have. We did hear on Wednesday that Patrick Graham, this was from Ian Rappaport, quote, Patrick Graham received a request to interview for a defensive coordinator job, but was blocked by the Raiders. They will allow the new head coach and a decision on inherited staff members. So we see the Raiders saying, ah, if you're talking to Patrick Graham about a DC job, uh -uh, we're not going to let you. Um, what do you take from that and from these job interviews for Graham and for Brasillo? For Brasillo, as we talked about in the last show, um, probably he sees a better situation under Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka. Uh, he probably sees a better fit, maybe doesn't see a long-term future with the Raiders, what, whatever the case may be, his decision, right? Patrick Graham's situation is interesting because, as you mentioned, the Raiders blocked an interview request from the Chargers for a defensive coordinator job, but he will still the, the request for the head coaching position with the Chargers still stands. So again, as you said, it's probably just in-division gamesmanship where they just want to pick Patrick Graham's brain because they know the Chargers should know that there's a possibility that Patrick Graham remains with the Raiders, especially if the Raiders hire Antonio Pierce as their full-time head coach. So I understand why the Raiders blocked that interview request. It makes sense. It's smart. You don't want the uh, a division rival getting any type of insight on what you're doing, what you had done in the previous season. So I I, I totally get that. But I, I I honestly feel like Patrick Graham, and I, I, again, I'm not downplaying what Patrick Graham has done for the Raiders defense. The Raiders defense finished ninth in scoring. But I, I don't see Patrick Graham getting a head coaching job. One, because I think offensive-minded head coach is going to be more in demand. I think it's hard for a defensive coach to now get a job in the NFL. Pete Carroll was just moved or transitioned to a front office advisory role. He has a defensive background. You don't hear a lot about defensive guys being top candidates. Now, Mike Vrabel is probably the top guy. Mike McDonald also with the Baltimore Ravens, a top guy. But Mike Vrabel now has head coaching experience going to the playoffs, going to an AFC championship game. Mike McDonald has arguably the best defense in the league. So it takes that level of accomplishment for a defensive-minded head coach and candidate to get, you know, these interviews. So with Patrick Graham, while he's done a fine job with the Raiders, I think he's probably either A, going to stick around, especially if the Raiders hire Antonio Pierce, or B, if he, if the Raiders hire Jim Harbaugh or any other head coach, even Mike Vrabel, so to speak, yeah. who, who has a defensive background, then I could see Patrick Graham going somewhere else, finding a situation that best suits him and continuing to be a fine defensive coordinator. Yeah, and by the way, in segment two, we're going to talk. We're going to dispel some myths about coaching staffs and things that could happen with the Raiders. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But I want to touch on a little bit here too, because the one thing, yes, the Raiders, I understand fully and and completely agree with the Raiders doing everything, no matter who the head coach is, trying to keep Patrick Graham. You have continuity. Obviously, his defense it clicked right it clicked halfway through the season um does does antonio pierce get some credit for that of course he does but also patrick graham should get the lion's share of it because he's the one who runs the defense is doing the play calling um and and pierce is obviously was on his staff the thing that people forget though is because things go well remember these coaches were brought in by josh mcdaniels no matter what you think of josh mcdaniels and how it went 
Not all of them were really close to McDaniels, but that doesn't mean that this opportunity and where they're at now is where they want to be based on when they originally came to the Raiders. They came to work with Josh McDaniels under that regime with Dave Ziegler and all that. That's changed. That's not a slight on Pierce or anybody else or Champ Kelly, but it's changed. And so when you have a change in leadership, not everybody wants to stick around, even if they've been successful, even if they like Antonio Pierce. They may look at other opportunities. Carmen Brasil obviously was a Josh McDaniels guy from New England, the whole thing. So you understand that a little more, but we don't know what's in Patrick Graham's heart. We don't know if Patrick Graham wants to stick around. We don't know how Patrick Graham feels about being passed over for Antonio Pierce for the interim job. You don't know. So I would love to see him stay, but I, and, and I like the fact that the Raiders are not getting in his way if he interviews for a uh, head coaching job. Now, you can interview for a head coaching job with a team, and then they can come back and ask you um, to be the defensive coordinator, right? Now, Patrick Graham has a contract, but um, you know there's, there's all sorts of ways around that. So we'll see how that goes, but I think that this gamesmanship and 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 the, the, the kind of naivety where, where you think that the coaches are just going to stay if Antonio Pierce is there. No, there's turnover on every staff every year, right, Mo? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right. And I, I just want to make a quick point that I think people are glossing over this, and it's Mark Davis's process in this. Now, remember, mm. while you have to wait until after the division round to have a in-person interview with your head coaching candidates, that's across the board, whether the team, whether the coordinator is with a team in the playoffs or not to even the playing field you cannot have any in-person interviews until after the division around the playoffs right. you can have virtual interviews and you Correct. can also interview in-house so the Chargers have already interviewed Giff Smith their interim head coach for the head coaching position the Raiders have not done that with Antonio Pierce yet but that's not a reason to be you know uh worried that Antonio Pierce is not in the running for the head coaching candidacy I think the Raiders are doing it the right way where they're going to focus on the general manager first mm-hmm. because they, if you've read, if you kept up on the tracker, the Raiders have requested for general manager candidates to interview. So it's clear that they're putting the horse before the cart. They're going mm-hmm. through their general, they're going to go through their general manager candidates first. In my opinion, they're going to hire the general manager first, and then they're going to go start to go through their head coaching candidates. Right. And, and a lot of us, I think, jumped to the conclusion first. And I've since kind of changed my mind a little bit about this, which is, well, geez, you know, they, they interview Ed Dodds, has a connection to Jim Harbaugh. Ed Dodds was with the Raiders before. Remember, at the same time, Jim Harbaugh was there as a coach. That's where that goes back to. And so if it's Ed Dodds, then, well, that must mean Jim Harbaugh. Not necessarily. If it's Champ Kelly, well, does that mean that most likely Antonio Pierce is going to be the coach? I think there's a better chance of that being true. But we just don't know. You, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going on with Mark Davis. And as as frustrating as it can be not to have answers yet, because I think Raider Nation Mo wants to just kind of know what's going on. Mark Davis, remember, he made up his mind before the season ended last year that he was going to go get, or two years ago, that he was going to go get Josh McDaniels. Like he, and he admitted this. He said, this time, I'm going to give it time and think. So the fact that he is living up to that thus far is very important. That means he's 
He's thinking about it. He's talking to folks, whoever his advisors are. And the fact that he's taking time to look for a GM and look for a coach, I think bodes well, because then you're not making a snap decision. Uh, and and it also plays into to your point about not being able to really talk to anybody in person anyway until after the divisional round. Um, and that's great. And then, of course, like you said, yesterday, Seattle opens up. Nobody thought that job was going to be open up. Vrabel gets fired this week. Nobody thought that was necessarily going to happen. And we knew there was a possibility. There's a lot of great jobs out there. There's a lot of opportunity for coaches. So the Raiders, uh, if the Raiders are really just focused on two people, then it makes it a little easier for them. But those two people, you don't know either. Uh, there might be opportunities. I mean, if it goes on too long, Antonio Pierce might get an offer for to be a defensive coordinator somewhere and, and have an opportunity to go that place. It could be in, in Detroit. It could be wherever, wherever you're going to go. So uh, it'll be interesting. You mentioned the GM search. And I want to run through that real quick before we end the segment. Ed Dodds, of course, we talked about Colts, ties to Jim Harbaugh and the Raider organization. So he's been a Raider in the past. Tom Telesco, much more. And you brought up uh, on Twitter the other day about he's a good judge of talent. The Chargers have never been able to take that talent and do anything with it. But from a pure judge of talent, good thing. But also he's in the division. So there's gamesmanship there. They've also talked to 49ers assistant GM Adam Peters. Everybody in the 49ers organization is hot right now because of how they've been. And then meanwhile, Champ Kelly has been given permission to talk to Carolina Panthers. So there's other interest in Champ Kelly, which we knew was going to happen. He's interviewed for GM jobs the last three years. Uh, and so, so you can't think too that Champ Kelly, although the, the conversation has been he wants to stay in Las Vegas, he's got kids, he's got a family, um, he might have another opportunity to go somewhere that's greater for him. So uh, the GM job being first, I, I, I wouldn't read too much into it about the selection of the coach. It could, it could go, Ed Dodds could be the GM and they could, they could hire Antonio Pierce. Doesn't mean Jim Harbaugh's coming, uh, but certainly I think that this whole process is going about it the right way yeah and two names to add to that uh the candidates list for gms for the gm position terrence gray who's a personnel mm. director with with the buffalo bills the buffalo bills obviously they've won the afc west title for how many years now so of course their executives are going to be on the hot ticket also uh trey brown who's a senior personnel director or executive with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep. Uh, ever since Joe Burrows got there, that Bengals team has been pretty good. Now Joe Burrow got hurt this year, so they fizzled out. Still finished 9-8 and eight with Jake Browning, which is commendable considering a lot of people didn't expect much from Jake Browning. But obviously there's some respect for the Bengals uh, scouting team over there. But I will say this too. The other thing to note about this process the Raiders are going through with their general manager candidates is remember we talked about this, Scott, you don't want to have your general manager and your head coach necessarily be buddy-buddy because right. that's, in my opinion, that's what hurt the Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels dynamic. Reportedly, one guy had just way more power than the other, and the other guy may have been hesitant to exercise his power in that, in that relationship. So I support having a general manager who's not necessarily good friends or – or, or, or seriously connected with his head coach because you want to have a healthy respect between the two between the two positions your general manager yeah. your head coach and have and be able for both persons both individuals to come in there and have their opinions heard maybe sometimes your, your head coach may have a better idea at a certain position than your general manager sometimes your general manager has a better idea than your head coach because as i said the general manager is supposed to have a long-term vision 
of what the roster should be. You want to be able to not only be successful for a year, but su- sustain that success. The mm-hmm. head coach usually has a short-term vision of what he wants. I need this guy right now. I need this position filled right now. I need this player right now. Yes. And the general manager has to be able to push back and say, well, what is that player going to cost? Yeah. Well, over time, what is that contract going to look like? What about the draft? Can we, Maybe we could do something at the draft versus – paying a plan for agency. So you want to have that healthy back and forth. So I think it's important to have that separation between general manager and head coach. Not that one is necessarily above the other, but that they're on equal playing field when it comes to making roster personnel decisions. Right. And I think, you know, you, you saw the situation. I mean, the Bill Belichick situation where he's been the GM and coach for 20 years um, mm-hmm. is unusual today. You have coaches who have more influence over over personnel. There's a big difference because I think this has come up in the Harbaugh discussion and we'll kind of talk about that when we talk about myths in the next segment. And that is that, well, if Harbaugh comes in, he has to pick the GM. No. And I don't think there's any any thought that he wants that. What he does want or what a veteran coach like a Vrabel, somebody like that, what they're going to want is to know that the GM, whoever it is, that they have a good working relationship. So that's the other advantage to hiring the GM first, Mo, is if it's Harbaugh, if it's Pierce, whoever it is, is you get the GM in there and then who the, the candidates you do interview as coach, you bring them in to meet the GM and and is there a connection there? Is there a good work? And again, these guys don't have to be best friends. They're not going to go out uh, yachting together. It, it, it has to be a good working. I mean, we all have that in business, right? Mo, we all have people we work with. It doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be best friends with them. But it does mean that you have a good working relate. You have to have a good working relationship where there's give and take. Hey, I want this player, GM. Okay, coach, I hear you on that. But listen to me from a long term perspective. If we go that direction, then we're going to be doing, we're going to be cutting off our opportunity to go strengthen the offensive line because you want this position. It, we can do that, but you understand the trade off. That's the kind of thing you need. You don't need somebody who's just going to come in, unfortunately, good man and all like Mike Mayock where John Gruden just says, Hey, you got to do this. Like, that's not, that's not what you want. And I think that's what you're alluding to is it's better that they're separate, good working relationship, but not fraternity brothers, i.e. McDaniels and Ziegler. Right. Your head coach is always going to have a powerful influence because he is running the roster. So of course he's going to have significant input, but you want your general manager to be able to push back on him on certain moments because the general manager is, responsible for for the most part for putting together the draft class the team that's yes. long-term view so you have to have that balance of power we talked about yeah. checks and balances in the government right yeah same kind of deal similar kind of deal yeah. where you want to have those checks and balances between the two powerful positions and he also has to or she has to manage the cap with the capologist you usually have an attorney who don't, man, handles all the contracts that's mm-hmm. important too these days. Yes, there's ways around it and all that stuff, but you have to watch the resources. So they are the CEO of the entire football operation with the coach running the football side of things on the field. So you come to the CEO and say, hey, CEO, I need this asset, that asset, and this asset to be able to put a more competitive team on the field. And then the CEO, i.e. the GM, looks at it and says, okay, I can give you this, I can give you that. These other positions, we're going to have to go through the draft because we just don't have money to go spend to spend on a, uh, a top level free agent defensive end, right? So we have to be able to do that. So that's where the relationship matters, and I think absolutely right and dead on with that, Mo. So good stuff. Okay, we are going to step aside for our first break. When we come back, the smartest man in the room, Mo Moten, is going to help us <laughs> dispel some rumors—not rumors, I shouldn't say it—myths about. What might happen with the Raiders, depending who the coach is, 
people are making statements. Well, if this happens, then that happens. It's not so, folks. We're going to go through some of those common ones and give you our view on them and hopefully give you some some fodder to think about. Even if you don't agree with all of them, that's cool. You can leave it in the comments and let us know. But we're going to get into that next on segment number two. This is Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also heard on the radio in Las Vegas on The Bet. Don't go anywhere. 